Let's Meet the Virologists, a podcast about the people behind today's virology headlines. People like you working to understand viruses and how they affect you. Following up on our podcast interviews of students and postdocs before the annual American Society for Virology meeting, we are talking with additional virologists who are ASV members so that you can learn who they are and what they do. I am Larissa Thackeray, and I am hosting this podcast from America's Heartland in St. Louis, Missouri. On August 12, 2021, we talked with Nandita Kidia, a graduate student in the Mondal Lab at the Indian Institute of Technology, Kharagpur, who has been investigating host factors that impact influenza virus as part of her thesis project, as well as developing a rapid point-of-care detection kit for SARS-CoV-2 called Covirap. Nandita obtained her MS in biochemistry from the University of Calcutta before joining her PhD program and is interested in pursuing a virology postdoc in academia. Thanks for talking with us today. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? So this is Nandita Kedia. I am a PhD student uh, working under the guidance of Dr. Aurindam Mandal in School of Bioscience, IIT Kharagpur. I have joined here in July 2017. I worked on influenza B virus and I basically study host pathogen interaction of influenza B uh, with the host. Okay, great. And I guess um, let me just tell you a little bit about myself. So I'm a, an associate professor at WashU in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and I actually study uh, not so much influenza virus, a little bit of coronavirus, uh, SARS-CoV-2 now, but um, also host pathogen interactions. Um, but mainly it's been in the past with like flaviviruses, actually like West Nile, dengue, things like that. And the microbiome, that's sort of my interest. It's sort of like how the microbiome influences post-pathogen interactions. Um, but uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about sort of when you were younger, how did you first become interested in just studying science um, at all? What, what's, what sort of like got you on that path? Uh, so it would be a little bit um, funny to explain in that way, but uh, to me it happened in that way only. Uh, in the evening, my father used to sit in front of my house to relax a bit and he used to take a chair and uh, I used to take a chair in front of him and we both used to talk for hours and hours and uh, the talk was basically, it uh, used to be my whole lot of questions. So if I remember now, I used to be asking him questions questions after questions and he used so some of the questions that I remember is like um, I used to ask like how these tree grow up what do they get from the like so there is a big tree in front of my house which is really big and it it has hosted a lot of other trees above it so I used to ask him questions regarding whatever I used to see and uh, thanks to him he he is also interested in studying a lot so he has a wide variety of knowledge in every field so he used to answer me uh, in terms of science so uh, he used to answer me all about uh, nitrogen fixation all about uh, humification uh, soils erosion everything so i think that was the first seed i got from him uh, that okay the simple questions that, uh, which i am asking him there are so interesting answers to them so i think it has started from there so i would like to thank him for that 
Um, and then I sort of remember when I was younger, like I had, I think these grand ideas of being a cardiologist or something like that based on a book that I had read. And then obviously sort of my path changed as I kind of went along. Uh, when I was actually in um, my undergrad institution, I didn't even realize being a virologist was like a real job. Like I had never really read about or someone who actually does virology. So can you describe a little to us sort of how you followed the path that you followed? So how did you get into your undergrad institution? And then how did you sort of get to the lab that you're in currently? Uh, so yeah, uh, I was quite sure that I want to study science. And uh, when I was in my uh, class 12, I got interested in biology a lot. So um, in my undergraduate, I took a course which is zoology and I didn't like it much because uh, it uh, deals with a lot of big animals. So I didn't, I was not very much interested uh, in uh, doing dissections and also I was just looking in for the subject I will be more interested in. So um, I chose biochemistry for my master's and which I liked a lot. So I got to understand what um, are my area of interest. And after that, uh, when I was reading about, uh, I was uh, basically looking for something which will um, lead me towards uh, studying genome. So uh, the influenza viruses which we work with, it has a it has segmented genome nature, and it has a lot of uh, things to do with you know ATGC. So ATGC had been my interest, I would say, and. Um, when I was in master's, I used to read papers and also uh, before joining PhD, I just read a couple of papers about influenza and the system as a whole attracted me a lot, like how this segmented viruses get into a cell, they get disassembled completely and they bud out as an individual from all those small, small pieces. So um, this... Uh, this system as a whole attracted me a lot and I got interested in my master's. Viruses always fascinated me in a way that uh, being such a small entity, it can do a lot. It can do actually a lot. And how did you sort of, um, so in the United States, they, when you sort of go to a PhD, you often get kind of accepted into a program and then you do, um, I guess it's like rotations in a couple of labs and that's how you choose your lab. But how does it work where you are? So how did you actually end up in your lab? In our uh, country, there are different institutions who, which follow different, uh, various different paths. And uh, there, in some of the institutions, uh, there is a rotation system. Uh, the institution where I have joined, uh, we were given some preference sheet at the time of uh, entrance exam here and interview. And I have given my preferences. So it was in a way that if I get my first preference, I'm going to join here. Otherwise, uh, it's up to me whether I would like to join or not. But uh, I will be told the lab I am assigned to. So this is not a rotation-based system here. And then can you describe a little bit sort of what your lab is like? Uh, yeah, so my PI have joined the institution in 2016. He is a postdoc from uh, UW-Madison. And yeah, he has worked with uh, Dr. Andrew Mehle. Just after his joining, maybe after seven, eight months, I have joined. I am kind of his second PhD student. We are now five PhD students and one postdoc and uh, uh, one MSc student under him. And um, 
can you tell us a little bit sort of um, in your lab, how is mentoring done? Uh, so in my lab, I think it uh, cha- uh, there is a gradient which changes from the time where uh, you're in first year versus you uh, get older. So uh, yeah, initially it's kind of okay. Uh, it's very much um, managed um, in terms of okay, you do this, you do this, and it's very much you know training based and um, uh, hands-on practices are taught. And uh, once you start getting older, things are given to you uh, with an expectation that you'll be able to uh, do it, handle it of yourself. Um, So can you tell us a little bit then about this sort of your thesis work on influenza B and then maybe talk a little bit about influenza B in general. So people are a lot more familiar with influenza A, but there's always influenza B sort of in the background. So maybe talk a little bit more about that virus and then your thesis Uh, work um, in particular? So yeah, uh, influenza A is more known because it it has the ability to cause pandemics. And uh, influenza B has not yet caused any pandemic, though it it causes epidemics like seasonal epidemics in a local area it cause and it's uh, basically uh, more towards children so it has been seen that it affects main, uh, mostly children but the thing is uh, biology wise it's uh, very much similar both the viruses have eight segments in it and uh, influenza b have certain uh, unique proteins uh, which is there for especially for influenza b only and some of the proteins are there in influenza a but not b so uh, a little bit differences are there in terms of pathology i would say yeah influenza a has been pro- proven to be more uh, more deadly in uh, for the fact that it can cause uh, the pandemic but yeah um, in recent couple of years influenza b infection have increased significantly and that is the reason the trivalent vaccines have been actually converted into quadrivalent vaccines so initially it used to be two strains of influenza a and now as the influenza b infections itself are increasing so much there has been two uh, influenza b strains included in the vaccines now that itself suggests that it's a global concern now and uh, my thesis is basically on uh, finding out some host pathogen interaction so uh, my work is to find out a host factor factor which influences influenza b rnp in either in positive or negative manner so i'm working on a protein which is um, associated with influenza b rnps in terms in the course of infection and how it affects the rnp functioning and when you say RMPs, can you let sort of our listeners know what is an RMP? So that is basically the transcription replication machinery of the virus, which is which lies at the core of the virus life cycle and which takes care of very important stuff of the virus life cycle. Right. And can you tell us a little bit about what kind of experiments are these? Are you doing tissue culture or for RNP, um, you could obviously do even like um, test tube assays, right, for for transcriptional functions. So can you describe some of the types of experiments that you're doing? So yeah, we mostly do tissue culture. Most of our experiments are based on tissue culture. So we do infections and we purify RNPs with the tags that the viruses has on it, or we transfect 
some of the components of the virus and we perform immunoprecipitation experiments. There is a very specific assay for influenza virus, which is uh, uh, RMP reporter assay, which is like polymerase activity assay. So yeah, in my first year, I have um, developed a system for influenza B reporter activity assay, and I'm using that to see uh, the host factor and its effect on the polymerase activity assay. Can you just let us know, so when you talk about a house host factor, how was that host factor first identified? So uh, it's basically uh, either uh, we could have done the mass spectroscopy or for us, we have uh, searched literature and we have taken help of the available literature to uh, find out which one would we like to uh, investigate in detail. I see, I see. And then can you tell us a little bit about some of your findings then? So uh, we have got a host factor, which uh, we found that it um, affects the influenza virus polymerase activity. And uh, very interestingly, uh, we are seeing that it shows um, a dual kind of effect on the influenza virus life cycle. It sometimes shows uh, the proviral activity and it sometimes shows the antiviral activity. So we know for sure that it has some uh, inhibitory effect on the influenza virus life cycle. Uh, influenza virus polymerase activity, but uh, we have to dissect uh, it at each step of the virus life cycle so that we can get to understand is it pro-viral or antiviral for the virus as a whole. So yeah, we are still working on the dissecting individual steps of the virus life cycle to find out that. And um, during the last pandemic, we have worked a bit about uh, coronaviruses. So uh, uh, looking at the scarcity of the detection system, we have been developing a detection system which can be implemented in a rural setting uh, in my own country, uh, in India, and as well as um, all across the globe, wherever it is required. So we have named it as Wrap. Can you just tell us a little bit about like how you first got into that and then some of the um, findings that you were describing? Yeah, so uh, uh, last year for the coronavirus pandemic, we just realized that uh, if we can add up uh, something in terms of the detection system, that will be helpful. Uh, so uh, what we figured out is that uh, it's basically either the nucleic acid detection system or the antigen or antibody detection system. So we have observed that um, antigen detection systems are uh, compatible with point of care setting, uh, but uh, it needs a certain threshold virus load for uh, it to work in. So uh, we focused on the fact that we can we make the uh, nucleic acid test method amenable to the point of care setting. So with that aim, uh, we basically with our collaborators, we designed uh, our collaborators have developed a machine uh, which uh, rules out the need of uh, PCR thermocycler and which can be used at anywhere with a minimum electricity requirement. And uh, we have used a lamp based method, which is isothermal amplification, and we fused it with uh, DNA hybridization system so that uh, it can actually uh, directly from uh, directly taking swap from the patient sample into PBS, which is dipped into PBS, and uh, it is uh, immediately. Uh, allocated to the kits for the amplification in terms of lamp and uh, the immediate results are seen after 45 minutes. 
And can you describe a little bit, I guess, what this past year, year and a half has been like for you? So it's been an unusual time to obviously be a virologist, um, someone who knows something about viruses. We're suddenly uh, very, uh, or a lot of other people sort of suddenly know what we do. So what's it been like for you? So when I joined PhD, there been uh, there have been a couple of people who didn't know what viruses are all about. So they used to ask, "Hey, what do you do?" So I I actually had to explain them them a lot. And uh, people who don't know a lot of biology, they had no idea what viruses are about. So I I oftentimes I say my friends that now I don't need to tell anyone what viruses are about. So that's a big change that have that have occurred, and um, as I have understood what how a pandemic look like, and you know how devastating it can be, uh, people losing their their um, loved ones, and. Um, people suffering a lot from this this gives me motivation that there is still a lot to do so i feel privileged to be a, uh, a virologist at the moment and yeah the last year have made me uh, made me realize one thing very well that uh, i would not like to you know change my uh, area of research Right, right. And um, so you're now starting, you're sort of like a senior graduate student. What are your plans for the future? Are you going to still try and stay in academics or are you interested in um, sort of a career in bio, like biotechnology? What are your thoughts? So at this point, I, I feel I will be more interested in academia, but uh, my goal is to uh, investigate things and uh, i think in academia if if i get a proper chance to investigate whatever i want to investigate and i get proper scope to do that i would like to be there can you just tell us a little bit about sort of i guess what this last year in in the in terms of the covid pandemic how has it infected you sort of as an individual so i i would say it has taught me a lot because um, suddenly pandemic came and uh, we were there to decide how to deal with it uh, we were very few of the students who stayed back in the campus and the whole campus was empty for the first time uh, i stayed uh, without my friends and uh, yeah it was i i understood how to uh, be in a place where no uh, no not much human beings are around so that ha that has been a completely new experience to learn and uh, uh, yeah, there was, uh, there was a, uh, in terms of family, there was a fear that we won't be able to travel back because, uh, because uh, of the restrictions, you know, interstate restrictions and all. So uh, it was there in the back of the mind that uh, we are, if we stay here, we are not going to get a chance to get back to home for, uh, we don't know for how many, how long. So that was there. But uh, yeah, I think staying here and doing something has taught a lot. Um, and can you talk a little bit about how India is doing? Obviously, here in the United States, we're not doing so great right now. We have like a massive Delta outbreak. So, but India at least um, sort of went through a Delta outbreak. What is it like there now? So I would say now, as I feel, it is very much, very much stabilized. Of course, uh, pandemic is still on. So in our place, schools are not that uh, open. There are a couple of, like, it's half restricted, half opened up. And people are able to get back to their, short of 
okay kind of normal life and um, people are getting infected of course but uh, i would say it's kind of very much stabilized people have uh, people are taking care of them at the same time they are doing important stuff and uh, i would say we have achieved a lot in terms of vaccination so that is helping so vaccination rate is really really fast so i think that is helping a lot and can you talk a little bit about that so since you actually were working on sort of a detection test and then versus vaccination can you kind of talk about how india is sort of handling the various i don't know mitigation measures as it were to try and um get the rates of infection lower regarding vaccination what i have seen i can say that uh, uh, it's uh, the healthcare workers are really working hard and uh, yeah it, it, all the possible measures are taken care of to uh, meet the maximum possible vaccination requirement and uh, the strategies are changing the rules are changing each and every day and making it flexible for those people who are not literate enough who can't register themselves for vaccination so for them you know on slot vaccination is on so where you just come in you don't have to pre register and on spot you will be registered by the healthcare workers and uh, you will be vaccinated i don't know in india are they offering vaccination to younger people like yourself or is it still sort of older groups of people 18 plus 18 plus yeah and what is the vaccine that you're taking so uh, generally two vaccines are uh, are administered here one is covaxin and the covi shield so thanks for talking with us today it was great meeting you um and uh, good luck um with your thesis it was great meeting you too this has been let's meet the virologist a podcast about the people who study viruses this is your host marissa thackray and thanks for listening You can find us on Google, Apple, Amazon Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers, or at lmtv.podbean.com.